Bright Suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, Senator. Greetings, my We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. <laughs> So who talks first? You talk first. I talk first. You're a feisty little one, but you'll soon learn some respect. So this is where the fun begins. Ha 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 Join the conversation with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now, here are your hosts, the Star Wars Friends! Hey, what's happening, boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinan, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me are my very spicy Star Wars friends. (laughs) This is Josh, and I just want to put it out there officially on the record, even though everyone's always known this. Sporty Spice was and will always be my favorite member (laughs) of the Spice Girls. (laughs) <laughs> wow. This is Justin, and uh, there's a first time for everything, including our uh, live cast that we did on Friday. That's right. That's right. Uh, this is Kyle, and I am so unprepared that I'm still looking things up on Google right now. And almost missed that. <laughs> I'm surprised no one went with a uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or some other type of game show reference for uh, Deal or our no deal? deal or No Deal episode mm-hmm. of the Clone Wars recap. Um uh, I have where is Howie Mandel in the notes, Chris. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we got it. He should have made a. He should have made some type of cameo. You know, maybe there'll be a, a fanfic Howie Mandel Clone Wars mashup come out on uh, YouTube this week. Would have been better than Horatio Sands. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Horatio, our boy from Mandalorian. What was his character's name? Do you guys remember his character's name in that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bear no. Grills? No, I do not. No, it was, it was so memorable. It was so memorable. We all it remember so it. Memorable. I mean, it was just one name. I think. He will go down in history as one of those like bizarre Star Wars cameo characters that once his vintage figure, his vintage collection figure comes out, we're all going to buy it. It's just going to be one of those things like, oh yeah, this is so weird. Uh, we might as well just grab that fig, but, uh, right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, Hey everybody, thanks for joining us on the star Wars friends. As Justin mentioned in his intro, we did our live chat episode just a few days ago. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but we really want to, uh, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you are safe. Hopefully your friends, family, everyone else is also safe and healthy. You're taking the proper precautions, um, and doing what you can do to kind of get through this thing. We're here to spread the positivity best we can and just talk star Wars for an hour with you. We want to just hang out and, um, you know, give everybody something positive to kind of sink their teeth into while we're all hunkering down or doing what we need to do to get through this. Um, 
Obviously, if you, uh, you know, I've extended this on previous shows. If you guys want to reach out to us, you want to chat with us, you want to get your mind off things, feel free. You can hit us up at SW Friends Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can email the show, show at StarWarsFriends.com, and just let us know what's on your mind. Uh, this is the time to kind of really embrace community, really embrace your neighbors, your friends, anyone that you, you know, we don't want people to feel lonely or isolated. Um, you know, I saw this t- really heartbreaking video of, uh, of a couple that announced their pregnancy to their grandmother from a distance. And I just sat there and I'm like, dang, man, like that is just so brutal to see that uh, happen. Now, obviously it was a nice it was supposed to be a nice moment. It's supposed to be one of those cutesy social media videos. But my whole thing was like, yeah, man, like they can't even hug each other. And it's just real brutal. So we'll do what we can on the star Wars friends podcast to kind of just hang out with y'all and, um, hopefully get your mind off some of what we're going through right now. I will say this. We are, my wife and I are about 30 days out from our due date. And there are so many different hospital policies changing regularly used to be you could have three support people in there i'm pretty sure it's one so it's just going to be me and once you go in you're in there you're like you're not allowed to like come and go there's no visitors there's nothing so for the first you know couple months of you know our baby's life there's not going to be anybody else in her life other than my wife and I and, and Riley and that's it. So we have to do everything via FaceTime or pictures or videos, um, which is going to be really, really hard. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we are, we're, we're still really, really excited. Like we're not sure. letting that get us down. We're not letting us, you know, letting this thing beat us. We're going to be happy and we're going to be upbeat about it and we're going to get through it. And we're going to, um, we're going to have a beautiful baby girl here in about 30 days or oh, so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My, uh, my best friends also, uh, they're, they're pregnant as well, right around the same time, uh, that you're due Justin. Um, so they're going to go through the same things as well. Just this whole funky it's a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little scary. Um, there was one of our friends on our social media on Twitter, and forgive me, I would have to look up the name real quick. I don't want to get it wrong, but uh, he mentioned on Friday he was getting married, and uh, I went ahead and chimed in because, you know, um, they had planned on a pretty large wedding, and it got stripped down to four guests, and uh, they were still carrying on, and, you know, I wished them well. May the force be with them and all that good stuff, but uh, yeah, it's definitely life-changing. Everything right now is life-changing, so the yep. one thing that we can do is uh, practice our physical distancing by hosting this podcast through Skype uh, and kind of just get <laughs> it out to everybody every week, and as I mentioned, we're, we're coming up with new ways to get more content out to everybody. Uh, obviously, with the live chat, that was something that was brand new for us, but we had seen and... Um, been recommended by a lot of our friends to do a live chat. I was kind of nervous. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we're not video people. We don't do, we do a podcast, we do an audio podcast. And uh, I will tell you that that experience doing the live chat this past Friday was absolutely incredible. It was so much fun. Um, and thank you, Maggie, for jumping on too. Yeah. She, she was on, it was great having her on there. Yeah. Her Star Wars friend, Maggie Lovett, uh, at Maggie. Happy belated birthday. She just had a birthday. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We, uh, we had so much interaction in the chat and that to me was the best part was just seeing everyone just flood our chat for the whole two plus hours that we were on there, hitting yeah. us with questions, making us laugh calling us out. Uh, I was dancing half the time and people were like, what's he, you know, it was really cool. We gave away a lot of prizes. 
And it was so fun that we immediately decided that we want to do it again. So be on the lookout for our live chat on our YouTube channel. You can search for the Star Wars Friends podcast on YouTube. We'll also be posting links on our social media throughout the week. I'm going to put up a uh, probably a graphic here on Monday or Tuesday to promote it. But we'll be doing a live chat. We want you to hang out with us. It's going to be Saturday night. I'm guessing between start time between 8 or 9 p.m. We'll figure that out as we get closer. Just keep a lookout at SW Friends Show. We'll get those advertisements out. But we want you to participate. We're going to give away more prizes. I'm going to ask everybody really hard questions and make them sweat. Uh, that was a lot of fun. And <laughs> we're going to come up with new games, maybe. Some people's questions were harder than others. <laughs> I will tell you. Fucking holiday special. Did you get targeted, Josh? No. Yeah. No. I think we all did. You won, Josh. Everyone else had questions just from the movies and the TV shows, and he slipped me a holiday special question. That was a 10-pointer. That that is a movie. That was a movie. movie. And it was a 10-pointer, and it was Boba Fett. So it was tailor-made for you. Um, uh, Maggie's 10-point question was, do you want to buy some death sticks? Who, who, we, who said it? Who you, said it? And, and when? You get points for knowing what movie it's from. <laughs> yes, yeah, you got five points. Uh, you she buy some but, but you know what's great about? So listen, that was a tough question for Maggie. Disgruntled. I'm disgruntled because Maggie well, yester- didn't know his name. She only knew the movie, so she only I'm got go five back points. Home and rethink my life. <laughs> Yesterday, he he gave me some obscure bullcrap from a Ewoks movie sequel or something yeah, so yeah. I, I didn't know it either yeah which uh, actually it was fun in, someone in the chat got that answer right um i'd have to remember what the yeah. quote was off the top of my head but uh he ended they googled up i don't believe it <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe like, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a t-shirt out of it um but yeah we're definitely gonna play more games we would encourage everyone to join us this upcoming saturday i don't even know what day that is is that april let me take a look at my old calendar here um that is going to be April 4th. So we're going to be live chatting April 4th on our YouTube Ooh, channel. Make sure you subscribe. Um, it is also WrestleMania. Um, so if you're into Star Wars and wrestling, maybe you can stream both. Um, but we, we're definitely going to be talking the Star Wars on Saturday night. So, um, And I just want to say it's worth noting that uh, YouTube does save them. So if you miss out on anything live, you can go back and experience the fun. Mm-hmm. Um, although we didn't know one technical piece is we didn't realize that if the limit on live streams on YouTube is apparently two hours. So it did. If you're, if you go back and watch the one we just did, it does cut off like the first five or six minutes oh, of the cast. Off the first five. Yes. Oh, that's weird. Okay. Uh, well, we will definitely keep it under two hours. Uh, I cannot believe that it cuts off the first five minutes. That's, you know, of anything, you'd think they cut off the last five minutes. That's really bizarre. Yeah, and, I'm not yeah. really sure. I just, I know when I watched it, there was none of the, like, we were already past playing the theme and introducing the show. We were, like, full into conversation already. Holy hmm. smokes. Okay. Strange. And because you brought up WrestleMania, I'm just going to put it out there. I did watch Wrestling With My Family. I don't know if anybody else has seen that. It actually isn't no. a terrible little flick. Uh, um, if, the movie's called Fighting With My Family. Fighting Justin. With My Family. <laughs> yeah. Get him, it, it actually wasn't bad. It was a good little flick on uh, Amazon Prime. I haven't watched wrestling since college, so uh, it yeah. was, uh, was, like was kind of fun to watch. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, one more note to the uh, Horatio Sands did not have a name. His Wikipedia he's a article, Wikipedia, is an unidentified mithril. 
interesting that's that they it. wouldn't even give him the respect of a name. They give Would everybody you? a name. They, they give, give people that are in the background of the. He'll get a name. Cal- they'll like can. they'll vote on it on at celebration one right. year, and then he'll get a figure or some <laughs> right. crap. Right. That's how that goes. Yeah. So uh, I think the other part, the last part I want to add about the live chat is that I think we're going to do an upgrade so that it also is eligible for anyone on Facebook. So if you're not a YouTuber, I think it's also going to stream consecutively with Facebook. Uh, I will definitely solidify that information as we uh, once we make our first posting for the live chat this week. So other than that, we got some other um, got something else to talk about here. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> we uh, what we have to talk about is no news about celebration. We're still left in the dark. Um, it's 21 weeks away as of this week, so um, you know we're all kind of waiting here, kind of nervous, kind of holding our breath. We're we're gonna wait to see what San Diego Comic Con does. I think that'll be the barometer of what's gonna happen with Star Wars Celebration. Um, Kyle and I were just talking about this last night. We uh, we we were recording on uh, my other podcast. No one is listening, and I kind of brought up celebration pre-show because I'm nervous. I'm nervous. We all put a lot of time and energy into this. I, I was. I'm really looking forward. Money. To cel- I mean, money. Spade yeah, a spade. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. A, a fortune. A fortune to do this. And we were really looking forward to doing the live show. We're really looking forward to meeting all of our Star Wars friends from around the world and just experiencing celebration because it's the greatest thing ever when you're a Star Wars fan. So we are patiently waiting to see what happens. Um, You know, we're going to hold out hope. Rebellions are built on hope. And uh, I think, Justin, did you say you were rebelling against uh, the coronavirus? Yeah. So um, we're going to do our best to put out the positive vibes and see what happens with celebration. But once we get any information, we'll pass it along to everyone and kind of give an update. So we are 21 weeks away. That's still what that is about seven months. So wow. Seven. No, is that right? Is my math right? Am I crazy? Four, yeah, there's three? not three weeks in a month. There's four. So it's like five months, a like little five more. Months. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah, I got a little. Okay. Okay. You're right. Uh, so about five months and We'll see, guys. Like I said, keep an eye out for San Diego Comic-Con. That's going to be the barometer of what to expect with Celebration. Um, my, you know, it can go one of a few ways. You can, it can go on as planned. It can be postponed or it can be totally canceled. So I think whatever they do with uh, San Diego, they're going to do with Celebration. So if they let it go on as planned... Just expect Celebration to go on as planned. If they postpone it, I would imagine Celebration probably wouldn't come around until 2021. That's Let's go just, around really quick. What does everybody think is going to happen with Celebration? What's postponed. your prediction? First off, postponed. That's me, Christopher. Same. I'd say postponed. I think they'll just move it to the next year. I'm hoping it goes on time, but I would say postponed, not canceled. I think there is almost no chance it'll go on time. I don't think they'll refund people either. So I think they'll either put delay it a year or six months or something. That's my guess. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking springtime 2021, give everyone enough time to get their travel accommodations, all the guests uh, rebooked, all their travel plans set up nicely. Um, maybe hotels will be safe yeah. zones again. Uh, there might be a vaccine available by then. I think really that's going to be the vaccine is ultimately going to be what, uh, what will allow a little bit more freedom of movement and freedom of public, uh, gatherings to start to commence. You know, we were talking about Disney last night too, and what Disney's going to look like. Um, 
post-coronavirus. And Disney Resorts, just to give you guys a little insight there, they started allowing resort bookings so you can book at any of their on-site properties as of June 1st. So you're not allowed to book until June 1st. Oh my goodness. Are they saying that Disneyland and Disney World are going to be closed until June 1st as of now? That is well, that's what I that's what I got terrifying. Well, I was thinking that that's not that far away, honestly. From really? the, that's only I mean, it's only two months. Oh, well, they were taking bookings for June 1st on, right? Not Correct. start you can start booking. They're taking bookings for June Correct. 1st on for resorts and things like that so they're expecting to get back up in june yeah i guess yeah and then and then kyle and i last night were talking about maybe some of the fallout as far as what they're gonna do from a you know disney disney's on the forefront of a lot of things. just an operations standpoint what kind of changes will they make based on these things yeah i mean number one the first thing that comes to mind is it's it's insanely crowded right like we all know disney is insanely crowded but you're looking at the lines and everyone's just all mushed up against each other are they gonna do six foot lines now are they you know when you go to the haunted mansion or the tower of terror are they gonna corral you into those rooms like you know how they herd everybody into the the rooms are they gonna do that are they gonna limit sorry it's crazy to think about because they're so good at moving people they did the disney corporation gets contracted out by other people to teach them how to move people around like that so and the reason they're so good at it one of the reasons is because they're able to get people into these tight groups so uh to change that would drastically reduce the number of people they're able to fit in a space. I don't know how they'd even be able to make that change and still get as many people in the park. I'm right. really curious to see. Well, I don't, I don't think they will. I think they'll make the change and it, it, they won't get as many people in the park and the change will only last as long as we don't feel safe anymore. And then as soon as we feel safe, the, you know, the vaccine's been is widely available and, and this goes and coronavirus turns into something that's more like the flu, um, where it's seasonal and, you know, people get sick, but the vast majority of people don't die. Um, and it's not seen as a big deal anymore. Then it'll just go back to the way it was. I think, I don't think we ever, it seems like safety precautions. A lot of the times only last as long as there's like some sort of fear, you know, as long when we go back to normal, I think people will, it'll, everything else will, will as well. My my first my first initial thought because I just got back from Galaxy's Edge and they did the virtual queue for Rise of the Resistance. My thing is I the initially I think they're going to probably just switch to a virtual queue system for all rides. Whereas they don't want you to line up physically in queue, you basically get a push notification on your Disney uh, your Disney Experience app, and then it'll tell you when to go to the ride. It'll say, "Hey, show up at Rise of the Resistance at 10:30 a.m. Uh, or between 10:30 and 11 a.m. And if you miss that window, you miss the ride. Go to Smuggler's Run at 1 p.m. Right, and then it eliminates the need for a line. However, D- the volume of of uh, park goers is so extreme that that system is going to have to be slightly tweaked a little bit. So we'll see where it goes. I don't know. That's an interesting idea because you would basically, you know, the way the amusement park is now, you kind of walk around and you go to what you want to go to and you see a line. And you're like, oh, well, we'll get in that. That's not that long or whatever. But that you would basically be booking your whole day ahead of time right that way you know you because already on the disney apps you can 
book your food reservations and stuff like that. So if you already pre-schedule your lunch and your dinner, and then you're pre-scheduling all your rides, you basically have your whole day planned out ahead of time. I mean, that's what I do. Good or bad, depending on how you like to do it. Yeah. And I mean, that's what (laughs) I do. I do all the fast passes and and I, I set up the day around those fast passes. I think it's the best system ever, but you know, I'm I'm in actually still a minority as far as Disney park goers are concerned. I mean, they still don't have full usage of the FastPass system. People don't even know about the My Disney Experience app. So, um, you know, I'm still in the minority. I think that their next push will be like, hey, guys, like really get the magic bands, download the app. Let's do it this way to help the, you know, the people moving, right? Let's get the people moving through these rides seamlessly. So we'll see. I don't know. Um we're still months away from speculation, but you know, Disney's going to change something and it's going to be drastic and we'll, I'll be here for it. Uh, I am planning a Disneyland trip uh, whenever this is over, whenever this goes and it's safe to travel and safe to fly and all that stuff. But we are ready to go. Cause um, damn, I need a vacation. <laughs> it's only been like three weeks. I'm already exhausted. Um, let's move on to something that uh, I scratch my head about a lot over the last two days. This just came out and our, this podcast is going to come out on Sunday. What is this? March 29th. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think Friday, the 27th, we had this thing pop up on social media. That was a, um, a Dave Filoni painting of what appeared to be captain Rex and Ahsoka riding some beasts. And they look like big loath wolves to me. Very big loath wolves. Um, it, allowed people on social media to lose their mind. Yep. Justin just threw up the, uh, the photo here and we have not tweeted this out from SW friend show. Um, I mean, I guess we could and just say, Hey, this has been on the internet since 2015 y'all. Um, this is not a new painting. This is not new artwork. There is no art of the Mandalorian. Um, you'll, you'll see all the concept art at the tail end of those, of the, uh, of the stories of all the Mandalorian episodes. So this is, people are getting up in arms, they're getting all worked up. Oh my God, this is a proof that Ahsoka is coming back. Guys, it's a it's a painting from 2015 that Dave Filoni has had as his Twitter banner for probably just as long. Um, I wouldn't get up in arms about it, y'all. And I, I don't think Captain Rex is alive during the era of the Mandalorian. I'm just... Um, going on a limb there i mean maybe he was at return he was at the battle of endor Endor. i guess he could be i mean unless he died in those five years that's true that's true i guess you're right i uh (laughs) you see both kyle and like kyle and i both hey don't you kill him right in front of me like that mister (laughs) i mean he is on his last leg at endor he's an old timer but there's no substitute for years of experience he's participating in a battle and he's on his last leg get out of here oh my god anyway so i don't think that he's around during the mandalore he could be you're right he could be he could be um Dave did make that painting, his uh, header photo on his Twitter, if you want to check it out. It's Mm -hmm. right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a thing, guys. So don't buy into the hype. Um, If Ahsoka comes back in The Mandalorian, Ahsoka comes back. But this is not like a a big, like a, this is not your Jedi beacon from the Colin Trevorrow script that ignites the uh, the galaxy waves, right? This is, yeah, I got the eye roll from Kyle, y'all. You missed it. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> These are the kind of reactions you got to tune into the live, live show. Live chat. I, oh, can't, yeah. I cannot wait. The internet is going to be set on fire <laughs> the first time that the live chat gets to see uh, the eye roll. So good. So good. 
All right. Um, so we can all agree that this is overblown and social media nonsense. And if Ahsoka comes back, Ahsoka comes back. But this is not an indicator that Ahsoka is coming back because this painting was from five years ago. So um, please check your sources. Don't don't get all hyped if you don't need to. Um, that's just a PSA. So I want to thank all of our friends on Twitter. We reached the thousand milestone, which is Woo-hoo. crazy. Woo-hoo. It's so crazy Uh, here. I mean, when we first started this podcast, I was like, oh yeah, we might get a thousand followers by celebration. And that way at that point was a year away. You know, we were a year away from celebration here. We are maybe five months away from celebration and we're already at a thousand. So it feels great, man. Um, K Mark. Yeah, this is cool. So we're interacting daily. If if y'all haven't noticed, we're very active on Twitter at SW Friend Show. Um, I made a comment about how I just figured out how to use Instagram the other day. So I've been trying to post a lot of cool cosplay and uh, really cool artwork on Instagram. And I think it posts to Facebook. I don't have a Facebook, so I'm assuming Justin uh, Justin is our Facebook moderator. So I set it up to, to, mm-hmm. to auto to auto, yep. unless you change it, it auto automatically uh, posts Beautiful. to Facebook. Yep. Beautiful. Yep. So hopefully everyone's getting enough Star Wars content. We try to keep it pretty diverse and we try to uh, put out as much different content as possible. We want to celebrate all areas of fandom, obviously outside of the hateful and spiteful and negative areas of fandom. We want that hashtag stay positive movement to continue. That's what we're here for. And we want to celebrate those people. We, we did. It was actually fun this morning. We did Star Wars coffee mugs. One of uh, mm-hmm. someone out there was posting like, hey, yeah, I'm just sitting at home sipping on my mug. And it was this cool little stormtrooper mug. And I just put it out there. Hey, who's sipping from Star Wars mugs this morning? We got mugs from around the world. It was a really fun, uh, fun thing. And then, of course, we did the hello there challenge. Hashtag hello there challenge where we got people checked in from all over the world that hit us with Obi-Wan Kenobi gifs. So that was super cool. I think we hit over a hundred. Um, yeah, I think we're probably over a hundred at this point. So that was a Deadpool fun. one in there. I saw the Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> we had oh, check-ins from we had, a, New, we had a German hello there, New Zealand. Yeah. We had, um, all across the States. Uh, we had an Ireland. We had, I think a f- one from France. I'd have to go back and scroll through, but we definitely had international. Um, no, we had the UK too. Yeah, definitely had the UK. So that was pretty cool. So hashtag hello there challenge. Go ahead. If you're listening, you haven't added your Obi-Wan Kenobi GIF. Go ahead and do that there. And that it's was, okay to call it a gift too. whatever. It's fine with us either way. <laughs> Hard G man. Hard G. So with that, please join us at SW friend show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram last week on last week's Rafa around the edges show. We were celebrating the makers because the other fallout of this coronavirus is also the economic fallout and we support our makers. You know that the star Wars friends are huge proponents of pin makers, cosplayers, uh, custom figs, artwork, you name it. If you're a maker, we celebrate you because we're actually customers of yours and we'd like to buy your products and support your products. So with that, our makers in the star Wars community, like all makers everywhere are getting hurt right now. And some of them have lost their actual jobs and now their star Wars goods are their only source of income. So we really want to celebrate those makers in the community. And this week we are celebrating Luminous Beans Limited. So I'm going to play a commercial here from Morgan who sent us in uh, this commercial just the other day. Hi, Star Wars friends. This is Morgan from Luminous Beings Limited. We're an Etsy shop focusing mostly on Star Wars enamel pins and upcycled denim jackets with fandom flair. 
Stay tuned to our website and social media channels for sale and restock coming in mid-April. You can find us on Twitter at Luminous Beings L, on Instagram at Luminous Beings Limited, and you can check out our website at www.luminousbeingsltd.com. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and enjoying your social distancing. I'm about to watch my favorite Star Wars film, The Empire Strikes Back. Have a great one. May the Force be with you. Oh, yeah. Another Empire yeah, Strikes Back. Choice. Love nice. it. So, so I went to luminousbeansltd.com. And I noticed, the first thing I noticed was that they are based in Cleveland, Ohio. So I'm going to have to reach back out to Morgan and be like, what's up, neighbor? Because I have no clue. (laughs) Westerners. Yeah, that's pretty tight. So we see, if you guys go to uh, Luminous Beans Etsy shop, some of the coolest, cutest looking stuff here. I really love this Grievous pin. There's a Grievous enamel pin that is uh, very similar to the Gendy Tartakovsky stylings. Uh, very fun. And then you got this Hot Callus, which is, of course, dude, Hot Callus is one of my favorite weird Star Wars things where he hmm. came back in season four and he had the little, like his little hair swoop and all this stuff cleaned up wearing the, <laughs> the resistance gear. Hey man, he got out of the Imperial, uh, uh, command. He, they didn't have those tight restrictions on his hairdo anymore. <laughs> right. He was, He's just chilling, living his best life, living his best life on Yavin four. Like and the then, mutton chops. Oh yeah. The big mutton, the mutton chops. Mutton Huge. Chops, yep. Uh, and then they have this very cute Chewbacca enamel pin that just, it, these are all great. These are great. And then what's really cool is the denim jackets that Luminous Bean does. So they have denim jackets and denim vests and it, they have Star Wars patterns sewn into them. And it's really cool because they're even sewn into the collars on some of them. And they're just very fun, very interesting, very unique products. And we definitely want to support our friends over at Luminous Beans. So please add them on the social media channels and uh, give them some business. Give them that Grievous pin is that's solid. I like that. pin. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. (laughs) So thank you, Morgan, from Luminous Beans. We also want to give a shout out to our makers that were on our last show at Spice Tag. Spice Tag makes those really cool Carillion bloodstripe sweatpants, among a thousand other things. And then Fulcrum Dawn, of course, our very good friends over at Fulcrum Dawn make some of the most killer pins you'll ever see stickers um patches patches yeah oh the patches are great and then of course uh the one who started it all was at rebel art empire so check them all out we really want to get the uh the word out about our makers in the star wars community all right lastly here we're all collectors and we talked about on the live chat we i have a love-hate relationship with hasbro that's no surprise here on the Star Wars Friends show. I spend a lot of money with Hasbro, but I am very disappointed by them often. But they are doing the Hasbro Pulse 100,000 giveaway. Uh, and if you go to Hasbro Pulse's Instagram, you have a chance to win a Jabba's Sail Barge. And one of the questions that we got on our live chat this past week is, what was one Star Wars item that you passed up on that you wish you would have bought? My immediate answer unwavering answer was the java sail barge so that i think is going to be available that contest is going to open up for that particular item in just a few days so please check that out it's uh open entry all you got to do is have an instagram account so check out the hasbro pulse 100k giveaway on their channel that was actually i'm looking for i'm fingers crossed man i've entered like five contests to win that java sail barge because it's over 1200 dollars now on ebay dumbest thing I ever did was pass up on that thing because it's just so glorious. We hope you're enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. 
Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. But we're not here to talk about toys today. We're here to talk about the Spice Girls in, of course, this week's episode of the Clone Wars Recap. Yeah, baby. All right. So I was waiting on a little Spice Girls music. Yeah, I, I was so disappointed. I was like, shocked there the- was not a Spice <laughs> Girls. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be my lover, you know what? We'll uh, we'll get that in there. We'll get that in there. We'll give the listeners some. Gotta get with my Star Wars friends. Yeah, there you go. So we got the Spice Girls here on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, season seven, episode six. Um, yeah, you know, I got. Here's the thing. It's okay. We talked about this pre-show. It's okay. Um, I, I don't know. There were some things in this episode that I liked a lot better than last week's episode. But I still am. My initial takeaway is I'm I'm happy Ahsoka's here. I'm disappointed in Trace and Rafa. And with Kyle joining us now, Kyle was uh, absent from our uh, the first Ahsoka show uh, recap. So I want to get Kyle's input because, like me, is a diehard Ahsoka fan, Ashley Eckstein fan, and. I want to kind of hear what you have to say, Kyle, where we're at so far, two episodes into this Ahsoka arc, uh, before we really start breaking down the episode. Like, how do you feel so far with where we're at getting two episodes in the season seven with Ahsoka? Um, I think I'm probably a little more sympathetic towards it than you are. I I think Ahsoka aesthetically looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I'll agree with her that. Agree. facial features, her costume. And I, I really like how they did. She usually wears like a headpiece. That's sort of like a crown that, that breaks up where her hairline would be basically. But she has on this leather piece that goes over her head back to behind her, I guess, um, yeah. which is really cool. I think it looks good. It looks, mm-hmm. um, she's got like that mechanic look going on, which I think is really good. Um, and I think we are getting, I think Rafa and Trace are an avenue to show how Ahsoka knows so much about so many things and like, in a way, things that she normally wouldn't know about. She knows about the criminal underworld. She knows right. about other planets. She knows about um, being a mechanic and all these things, but then she also doesn't doesn't know other things. She doesn't know about these personal relationships and the economics of uh, dealing with everyday life in the underworld. Cause she's never really done that. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, they're this Avenue for her to kind of bridge that gap between clone wars, Ahsoka and who we know she becomes to be this worldly, extremely capable, extremely confident, um, person and not that Clone Wars Ahsoka isn't confident because she is, but up till now she's always had 
Obi-Wan and Yoda and Anakin, of course, to kind of fall back on. So there was never that pressure. And I think this is, we're seeing her grow up and become that um, confident individual more so than just the team player she's always been. So are you, so yeah, I mean, I will tell you aesthetically, this is, this is a very good look. Uh, Ahsoka's got a very good look going on and the animation of course is still world-class. I think the animation in these last two episodes is among the best animation we've seen so far this season. I think, um, you know, so the bright spots there, that is still fantastic. The animation, the world building, all that is just top notch first class. How do you feel about Ahsoka's interplay with these other two characters? Are you, you know, and I'm not just say, speaking about this particular episode, just over the last two episodes, are you, are you finding yourself maybe frustrated that she's not giving enough of her worldliness, of her Jedi wisdom that she is? Are you frustrated by the fact that she's still trying to like play to these bumbling, um, you know, low, lower level criminals or... Where are you at on that? Well, I think that's kind of what I was getting at is I think she's not there yet. And maybe through this arc and the next one where she's actually going to lead her own battalion, we'll see her get there. But it's never been her position up to this point. And it's it's hard because we've already seen Rebels and we know who she becomes. But at this point in Clone Wars, she's never been that person that had to make the final, final decision or say, this is the way I know this. I know better than you. You have to listen to me, even though you don't understand or you don't agree or whatever. Um, And I don't think she has that self-confidence to do that yet. And like I said, I think we're going to see these things happen where... She knew they shouldn't have done this. She knew they shouldn't have done that. She knew we shouldn't have worked with those people. And she kind of like just suggested it rather than putting her foot down or making it happen. And things aren't working out as we can see at the end of this episode. So I think she's learning when I know I, through the force, through my experience, through my intuition, through whatever reason, I just need to do what I know is the right thing to keep myself safe or to, to do what's right or whatever. Um, So I think we're seeing her learn that. I I think it, it would have been a little unbelievable for her to go straight from Padawan to I'm going to tell all these strangers how it is. Right. Fair point. Can I just say the number of times that I have been like medium to low on something and then Kyle explains his <laughs> inner head cannon on it and then I'm like, oh, I like that now. Like, well, there you it, go. I never th- I didn't think about it as in- intuitively as you did. And now I'm like, oh, OK, I get it. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love it. Like. And that's why we need Kyle on the show. I mean, that's the perspective we needed because last week was just like, oh, yeah, this dialogue blows. <laughs> like, you know, we were kind of just like getting through and going through the motions. But yeah, Kyle, you you do add that that essence. And that's why you are a resident Clone Wars uh, Jedi master. So oh, with that, let's um let's break down the show, Kyle. What type of insight do you have for us? What do you what did you observe from the show? What are some of the backstories here? Um. Well, like we like I've done with the other episodes, I'll just run through who who made it real quick. The this like Chris said, this is season seven, episode six, deal no deal. Um the writers were Dave Filoni and Charles Murray. Um you probably Filoni know Filoni was a writer on this. He's credited. Oh. Yeah, I, I Okay. 
I feel guilty. Normally I watch the show at least two times before we do this. I only watched it once and I did not watch the credits, but um, he he was credited on Wikipedia and Charles Murray, who did the whole arc where uh, the Jedi temple got blown up and Ahsoka got accused and she escaped. He did all those episodes in Clone Wars, which are some really good ones. Okay. Um, Also two directors, which is unusual. Uh, Nathaniel Hmm. Villanueva and Stuart Lee. Stuart Lee has also done a million Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance episodes. He's done everything. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting side note that I I now that you said that it leads me to a quick point. And we talked about this a little bit pre-show um, with the two directors. Do you guys think that the reason why there are two directors is because when we know that they were writing this arc before Clone Wars was canceled, but then Solo, the Star Wars movie came out with the version of Kessel that we all come to know now, which was put into this. Do you think that they kind of fit this in as far as like, hey, now this is the vision of Kessel. So they brought in the second director to kind of just do that stuff and kind of put that into this show. I mean, I'm just kind of you know, just kind of thinking out loud, but that's kind of interesting. I don't know. I'm really familiar with Stuart Lee. I don't know much about Nathaniel Villanueva and he didn't have a long list of star Wars credits. So I'm not sure what else he's done. Really. Um, I assumed just for no reason other than I assumed that they split it up into like, um, an art visual side and maybe like, a actor side or something like that and okay the split up the directing duties but i i I truly don't know why there's two i think this is the first one of season seven that we've seen that had two i just wonder if when this was originally written if they had done concept art or some type of artwork of castle prior to lee very well could have been involved in at that time I, you know, and I have to go look back through my Clone Wars art of book to see if there's any hints on that because I, and Josh, you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're the other expanded universe guru. Uh, I don't remember any description of Kessel ever being written out anywhere uh, prior to Solo Star Wars story. So, you no, know. There, there's definitely, there, no, there is. Oh, I'll, I'll I'll come back with that in a bit. Thank you. All right, Cal, th- there was a there was a novel I read. I can't remember which one that actually took p- place like in the with the spice mines being part of it. With oh, they actually went there. Okay. Yeah. Well, there was a Han Solo book that he went back to Kessel, but I didn't believe that there was a description. I think it was just more of a uh, just a talking point. But well, yeah, Josh, go ahead and investigate. Kyle, go ahead. Sorry for uh, railroading you. Oh, it's okay. Uh, we're set in 19 before the battle of Yavin and we, it takes place on Coruscant where they start. Obviously they're in the underworld on 1313. Um, and then they go to Kessel and Obadiah Kessel. Like we were just talking about is, uh, where they have the spice mines and we get to see it in the solo movie. Um, and we see it here and we don't see it a ton of other times. We hear about it a lot and, getting sent to the spice mines of Kessel is a threat to people, which is apparently one of the worst punishments that can happen to somebody. What Um, about the, what about the pits of Grick as referenced in the rise of Skywalker by Finn? uh, Sounds bad, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I don't know anything about the pits of Grick, but uh, I don't either. Good. Um, We also go to Obadiah, which is the home world of the Pike syndicate. 
And the only other thing I had written down that I don't think you guys have touched on because they just talked about it this episode was the Silver Angel is the name of her modified Nubian freighter. That's the ship that Trace Mm -hmm. has worked on. Um, I thought when it was flying away and we saw the afterburners from behind that it looked a lot like the ghost. A little bit. Um, A little bit. The ghost is a Karelian freighter, but they, um, they looked similar to me from behind. They're similar. The ghost pattern is ingrained into my memory banks forever. Um, so it's just a very unique, um, just a very unique pattern. But uh, yeah, you know, this is um, the ship. I guess we'll go. I guess we'll get into it as we break down the episode because I got some thoughts on the ship too. So, um, but once again, I mean, let's just give it up for the animation. Just overall, the animation is fantastic. Man, it looks just, so good. So big, so colorful. The palette has been expanded here. Um, so good, good on them. All right, who wants to read the fortune cookie? I He's didn't even it. write it down. Oh, I did. Uh, yep. Ready for, for it. it? Yeah, yeah. Mistakes are valuable lessons often learned too late. Yep. It's a good it fortune cookie. I like it. It is. It is. Very good. So um, let's dive into this episode, shall we? Uh, we get. Roth, uh, yeah, no, Trace, Trace, Trace and Ahsoka are, they have their hydro spanners, they're cutting away at the, the unnamed, at this time, the unnamed ship, the Nubian mm-hmm. cruiser inside of Trace's uh, massive garage bay, and um, they're just having some back and forth banner, and of course, the dialogue is just world class in these uh, opening scenes, and Trace acts, she's kind of like, hey, you're a pretty good mechanic, where'd you learn how to do this type of stuff, and Ahsoka, of course, um, got put on the spot, and I'm going to play the audio from this sequence, because actually... <laughs> okay. It's actually like probably one of the coolest lines in in this episode. So let's go ahead and give a listen to it. I can tell you've worked on starships before. That must have been some academy you went to topside. Yeah, the best. What was it called? Uh, Skywalker Academy. Skywalker. Never heard of it. But what do I know living down here? I never really heard of any academy. Not like I was ever going to attend one. Oh, poor Sad. Trace. Oh. Had a hard knock life, man. Top side. Top side. Oh, sorry. I just can't get into this. I just can't get into Trace, guys. I'm going to do my best here. Um, so the Skywalker Academy. This is a second reference in consecutive episodes that Ahsoka is not fully giving away her roots, her background, or her... Um, her what would you call that sibling love with Anakin? I mean, I, it's what else family. would you it's call all, it? It's family. Truly yeah. all she's mm-hmm. ever known. Yeah. So, I mean, put on the spot. That's a hell of an answer. Skywalker Academy is a hell of an answer. And I can't wait for the merchandise to come out now. So and if you, if you watch it, you can see on her face that yeah. she's sad and it hurts her and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, it's just like the, uh, just like last episode where she learned to fight from her brother. And mm, that was you know she's my just, favorite part, and and now it was definitely my favorite part of the of last week's episode. But now she's actually dropped the name Skywalker in front of Trace, which clearly has no effect because Trace has never been on topside apparently. So that's okay. Um, but it's another breadcrumb, and there are many breadcrumbs laid in this episode by Ahsoka as far as uh, speaking to her her, her past life. Mm-hmm. What really irked me guys um is that trace was able to she then the conversation goes on she then explains how she's put together this ship she has put together this massive nebula class star cruiser piece by piece 
by doing odd jobs in mech work. This is a person who's never flown a galactic star cruiser, has, doesn't even know about the right lanes to fly in, didn't even realize that you needed a license to pilot a star cruiser, yet was able to, by, piece by piece, scrounge... Guys, I cannot... I could barely afford my 2013 Toyota Prius, um, let alone put together a galactic star cruiser. Um that that was the one where I was like, "Give me a break, dude!" I just was not. I didn't enjoy that. I will say the economics of it are questionable because if you can make that, which uh, if you you can live on a freighter, Han Han and Chewie kind of did it. The Ghost Crew sure, definitely did sure. it. Yep. So if this is her way to get out, that makes sense. But she must have been making a lot of money on these odd jobs. So that right. that's a bit of a stretch. But what I will she- say. <laughs> Luke Skywalker was able to fly an X-Wing and blow up the Death Star the first time he ever sat in the cockpit of a Starfighter. So it's not completely unbelievable. And oh, I'm not saying Anakin Skywalker built a uh, full-fledged protocol droid as a slave out of scraps when he was like eight. So there's I mean, it, some precedent are, there. So we are we are now on the Star Wars Friends show comparing Trace to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> uh, and now you will take it. We'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. I, I'm not opposed I'm just saying, to it, if but, you're uh, an now, experienced as a terrestrial pilot, it stands to reason <laughs> I am you not can take it up in the, in the sky. I am not questioning her piloting ability. That's not what I'm questioning. I am questioning her ability to put together a Star Cruiser by people falling on her platform and her charging people that just come in her shop you know what the hell is she doing here well she i mean and let's let's be fair i've got the essential guide to vehicles over here i can look in a minute but we can see if the t14 is very similar to the setup of the x-wing that to me would explain why he's able to fly it she said she's <laughs> only true. flown yeah. speeders and yeah. load lifters or forklifts or something like yeah, that yeah. and then here she is powering up this spaceship to just go and yeah, i mean how me. realistically how old do we think trace is realistically probably how old do we think she is i think she's like 14 oh, yeah really? that's, that's yeah. what i'm thinking she's really? like four i think she's oh, 14 to 16 she's a kid shit. yeah okay. well chris but chris is getting so mad at her like she's a 30 year old woman who should have all this experience <laughs> she's a child man I well, here's she's kids right off that. she's her parents right off she's a kid living on her own right with her oh shady so older she's sister 14 she, and, I thought and, and, she was in her twenties. I thought twenties too. I, I, I think she's I, like fourteen. She does not 16. have an age on Wikipedia because I tried to look this up. Okay, um, but I get the impression that she's young. She's naive. She is she's yeah. taken care of by her older sister. She's she's a kid. She sounds okay. to me like a lot of the middle school kids or early high school kids that I coach. Okay, like her how she says things and how she does things. She is so naive to the rest of the world. And just what, old enough what to she be does. confident in it, though. Yes, yes. Like, she knows everything, but... And she's confident in what she can do, but that's all... Like, she's confident in her skills and what she's doing there and thinks it, it's going to transfer over. But I think... I'm on the same page with Kyle here. I think she's, like, 14, 16 that's years old. wild to me. Okay. Well, they, they definitely need to tone down the illustration because I thought that she was easily in her 20s. Um, but, hey, I mean, you know, weirder things have happened, like the fact that they... Okay, let me let me pause for a moment here. M- mind you, okay, I had the same qualms with the last episode, the first 10 minutes of, of the last episode, just like I had the same qualms of the first 10 minutes of this episode. Then it goes on and it does its thing, and it's actually, in my opinion, an enjoyable episode. 
So we go from this like weird, yeah, I do odd jobs to build this giant star cruiser. I'm going to call it the Silver Angel. And then Ahsoka has this like weird reaction that I wouldn't expect from a Jedi and was kind of like, that Silver Angel. Yeah. It is kind of terrible. Like, it's kind of a bad name. I don't I like. think it's why it was so much name. worse than anything else. The why Razor Crest or the Millennium Falcon yeah. or the Silver Angel. Like, I don't know why it's any different. <laughs> people name their boats like Caribbean Queen and like Party, like, you know, Party Master mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, apparently it's bad though because everybody agreed it's pretty bad. Uh, right. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's, it's not a bad name. In it's universe, not. it's a stupid name and people I are going to laugh so. at it. so. <laughs> it was the weirdest reaction. <laughs> yeah. uh, Especially from Ahsoka. I was like, dang, Ahsoka hates that name. But all right. Maybe it's because it's just like a crappy ship and it's not a silver angel. It's yeah, like a, that's like true. Like a, a rusty demon or something. I don't know. <laughs> They they did a yes. they did do a really good job though of highlighting the ship when it pulls out of the hangar bay though oh, like that overhead shot as it's coming out and it scene. floats up with the music that was done very very well so I, I did appreciate that yeah so we get the we get the name Silver Angel then there was that little joke bit about how uh, Trace called Ahsoka's speeder bike trash yada 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 all right and then all <laughs> of, all of a sudden my least favorite Star Wars character maybe of all time Rafa comes in uh, with her wild hand gesturing her you know Maury Povich daytime talk show attitude I'm just like all over I dude I'm so done with Rafa I can't deal with Rafa um, but I understand her purpose in the show I understand Rafa's purpose in the show and I still to this day feel that Rafa's gonna get a hero's ending and we're all gonna like Rafa at the end of this if you like Rafa now that's fine I mean that's cool it's a character that I just can't get behind in any way shape or form um, I like her hair hair's cool I like her hairstyle hair's, the Wookiee coat cool. I can do without the Wookiee coat but I'm also an animal rights guy <laughs> we'll, we'll get to talk about Joe Exotic later on but anyways I, th- I think um, it's funny that she's not doing a voice that's just the actress's voice that's just her voice and the mannerisms of the animated character are similar to that actress's mannerisms in Orange is the New Black. Like she, See, they're I've never like seen almost it. the same character. Oh. It's really funny to me. Okay. So I've never seen Orange is the New Black. And uh, we talked about that actress um, being on that show last week. And I, I haven't gone back to watch, but that would make sense, Kyle. Cause the, the hand movements are like, what is going on? This is so she's unnatural animated. For Star she's Wars. Latina. She's like getting after it. It's you know wild. what I mean? She, like, she did that one thing where she held her finger up to Ahsoka to quiet Ahsoka. And I was like, what? This is way too real world. It got a little too intense at one, at one time. But uh, so basically Rafa's back on the scene, just drops in on the hangar bay and is like, yo dude, like had this mission and sorry, uh, it fell through. I need you to pilot this mission for me. Thanks. You're my old, you're my younger sister and you're just going to do whatever I say. And then you get this push pull dynamic between Rafa and Ahsoka. Cause Ahsoka is the good angel and uh, Rafa's the bad angel and Trace is the silver angel. So you got all these different elements happening here. Um, but of course, within like, within just a few moments of dialogue, right? They're, they're already walking up the ramp to go on this mission. Now, tell me, did anyone on this show today think that that ship was worthy of the stars by this moment in the show with all the dialogue, all the talk about getting sparkers and parts and I, what the f- dude, what is ready to just go on this mission? Did anyone I, think that it was ready to go? But she didn't give us any indication that it wasn't ready to fly. She just it. said, she just said she was putting it together. So oh. she may have only needed a few more parts. We don't know that she didn't give us any indication of that, but 
the fact that she knows what to do when she gets in there to just power it up and, Already and go, go is kind of dude. yeah yeah I, I will say the timing is very suspicious like <laughs> right when it's this is right when the ship's ready but immediately before Rafa comes in she does say to Ahsoka do you want to take the silver angel out for a test run or something like that. She did yeah. say, do mm-hmm. you want to take it out and test oh, it? Implying okay, that it's ready. It. Totally so, missed it. Take that, Chris. Yeah, uh, I did. Put I'll that in your it. pipe and smoke it. It was Ed's ready. I don't face. know how it got ready at exactly the right time <laughs> or it just sat there ready and she never tried to fly it, but it's interesting. Ready. Yeah. I don't know. When I watched it, I was like, this is too unreal. Like I'd never thought that ship was ready. It to was fly a quick line of dialogue, basically just to explain it's ready to leave. Let's Touché. leave, I think, is the whole thing. Touche. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who played Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Happy to be your Star Wars friend. You're listening to the Star Wars Friend Show. Kyle, will you be an angel for a helpless baby Yoda? Every day, baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks to you. Baby Yoda needs our help. So please, subscribe, rate, and review right away. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast. Hey everybody, this is Ro from the Scare of Scuttlebutt Podcast, and you're listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast. Don't forget, deploy the garrison. We hope you're enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. All right, so there was also that weird line that Rafa, uh, she stopped Ahsoka on the ramp prior to boarding the Silver Angel and was like, did you ever think that you, and I, I wanted to pull the dial, the audio from this. I just missed it on my notes, but she goes, you ever think that you're the trouble? Like looking at Ahsoka mm-hmm. and it's like, maybe in your small criminal syndicate, Ahsoka is the trouble because she's trying to moderate the peace. She's trying to keep things on the up and up, um, not be shady and deal with pintu beans or any of these like low level gangsters. And, 
maybe Ahsoka is looking out for Trace's best interest because, I mean, in Trace is a child, teenager. We all we're all agreeing on that now. So Ahsoka is just trying to look out for her. Um, Rafa's just a shady character, man. Like you're the trouble, Rafa. That's what I wanted to yell at my Disney Plus subscription. I wanted just to yell at the screen at Rafa because Rafa's a villain. So um, up to this point, but what are your guys' thoughts about that line? I I believe it because I think their parents left and they've been on their own and they live in this rough area and they're skeptical. And Rafa says to her, you show up out of nowhere and suddenly you and my sister are inseparable. She just doesn't trust her. And I, yes, Rafa is shady and she's not to be trusted, but she says, what are you after? She, she has reason to be skeptical. I think, I think her world, her life experience has led her to this position where she's not going to let some stranger just walk in and say, Hey, I'm the nice guy. You can trust me and believe her at face value. Yeah. And I think, I think, um, another thing to remember too, is that I think Rafa is more capable than these couple episodes have shown us. It seems like their parents have been gone Mm. for a while. And even though she does do some shady things, Mm -hmm. she, um, you know, she's obviously, is taking on that parenting role with her much younger sister. And, you know, she, uh, another th- uh, little Easter egg thing that kind of points to her, her capability is that, you know, she said she won the laundromat through gambling and the laundromat's Orabesh yeah, says, yeah. I wonder if it was Sabah. Calrissian Landromat. So there's a, really? yeah, Orabesh in the laundromat no. on the sign in the first episode says, Calrissian Landromat. Oh my And so there's a goodness. chance that okay. she won the laundromat from Lando in a card game. <laughs> He's got his hands everywhere, yeah, that true. guy. It's just interesting to see both of their takes on Ahsoka because Trace, from the moment Ahsoka landed on the platform, she was pretty open and trusting of Ahsoka and let yeah. her in and kind of helped her. And there's Rafa, who's very on guard with Ahsoka because I, you know, she doesn't want her sister to get hurt. She doesn't want anything to happen to what they have going on in their, you know, their sister relationship. So I think it's very interesting to see their take on Ahsoka from two different perspectives. But she, um, she, uh, they, they said they left the mech bay to, it, uh, Trace says her, their parents left them the mech bay when they right, left, right? right? But then Rafa later on, when she's asking Ahsoka, what are you after? Are you after her mech bay, her ship? She refers oh, to yeah, it as right. hers. That's she right. didn't refer to it as ours. She referred to it as hers. Yeah. So I, I think Rafa in her sisterly sense tries to keep the mech bay and trace in the ship and those things very separate from anything that she does to kind of shield her sister or protect her sister. Um, Even though she drags her in on some of that shadiness, she doesn't open the door all the way to say, this is what we're really doing this for. She, she just says, Hey, I need you to fix these droids or, Hey, I need you to do this. So um, it, it's interesting when she says, you know, I had to, when Trace says I had to do these odd jobs to make money, right. To get enough credits to buy it piece by piece and build it. Some of those jobs that maybe she felt were good jobs or with good intentions that she was making money on were fed to her probably from Rafa that maybe had ill intentions on the back end that she never knew well, about. Probably made her some more money too, if that's the case, which right. could explain yeah. how she made the ship. One of the exactly. protecting thing makes sense too, because she's going on this really dangerous mission and wasn't initially going to take her sister. 
too. That's true. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. And so, just the nature of the of the people, the environment she lives in. If if you are constantly associating with shady people, criminals, backstabbers, then you expect people to be shady criminal backstabbers. You know, it's that's true. The world she mm-hmm. lives in. And that's kind of why I put Rafa in that younger or that uh, trace in that younger age group, because when she said, I went to get a pilot in a ship and they backed out of the deal. Right. Trace was very upset. She's like, oh, my God, I can't believe you wouldn't ask me to be the pilot and use the ship. That's right. That's That's her self-confidence as like a a teenage, even though she knows she doesn't have a license. She knows she doesn't fly it very well. She left the air brakes on, apparently, when they went into light speed. So she doesn't even know how to fly the thing. But she's offended because Rafa doesn't ask her to fly the ship. That's her naivete with, hey, I don't know the broader scope of the world. Like, why would you go ask somebody else to do this when you could have asked me? Right. And, And 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 Rafa knows that she knows she's inexperienced. So, okay. So there's a, yeah, no, I, I see what you guys are saying. And uh, you know, here's the thing. So Rafa puts them on this mission and Rafa doesn't even explain what the mission is. Just like, yo dude, we got to go do this thing. And all of a sudden everyone's bought in. Ahsoka is just there because what else she going to do and kind of gets on the ship with them. And then Trace takes her first steps into a larger world uh, and flies this, you know, goes up the, the core of Coruscant up into Jesus. those travel lanes. <laughs> this actually gets to one of my favorite parts of the whole show. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But it was also my most tense moment of the show where I'm like literally angry at the show at this point. I don't Admiral like- Admiral Lauren jumps on there. What are you doing in our space lanes? <laughs> now that's fun. Now that's fun. But it, the whole dialogue and lead up to that point where they're telling her like, dude, get out of this lane. What are you doing? This military only. Like get in the other lane. That type of like panic and that type of like uh, directory, um, that type of device that they use to um, create every every teenager learning to drive on a sick. Oh my god, I dude, I was like so upset. I was like, just listen to them (laughs) and just you know. And then they're trying to oh, they're hailing us, they're hailing us. But of course, we get into um, you know there is a there is a um, oh excuse me, I'm kind of blanking out. I'm trying to load up the sound here. Cause I do have sound from this scene. You know, they're She's going like, don't into do this- anything that makes us look suspicious. We're flying higher. What do, right. what do I do? They're trying to hail Fly us. Casual. Basically flying right. At- yeah, exactly. Cause all <laughs> the, all the transports are going into the hangar bay of the, it's not a star destroyer. It's whatever the Republic. Flagship it's a venerator class. Isn't right. It? Right. Isn't that what it's? Yeah. Yep. Venerator yes. class. Yep. Um, and they're basically, completely in the wrong place. It's all military personnel and then their freighter. <laughs> right. And it's not hard to like, just find the civilian transport lane. I mean, it's up in the sky. You just turn the ship over a little bit, but anyways, they're already too, they're already too deep. They're right next to that venerator, uh, class ship. And of course we have one of our friends on the bridge of the ship with Admiral Ularen. And there's this really pivotal scene where, Ahsoka and Anakin sense each other. So let's go ahead and listen to that audio. Okay, there we go. Who is on board that transport? Oh, just some rookie pilots, apparently on their first maneuvers. I was just about to send a detachment to arrest them. There's the magic. Sound cue. Ahsoka's eyes literally light up during Should that part. I send a detachment, General? No, it's nothing. Damn, damn, ice cold veins of love. Um, Anakin loves Ahsoka and wants. Yeah, to he let knew her exactly go. what it was. He was letting her go. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shot, shot for shot remake of the scene in Return of the Jedi when Vader feels Luke and Admiral Piet wants to know what they should do with the ship. Hundred <laughs> percent, exactly yeah, the same man. thing. Good call. Good call. So that was a pretty deep moment. That was cool. Um, I think that's probably going to have ramifications for the next two episodes, but we can talk about that in the "That's Not How the Force Works" segment. But uh, you know, Anakin knows that Ahsoka's out there, that Ahsoka's safe in some capacity, right? Like she's doing something, but she's also getting off world. So maybe Anakin thought that this was her chance to escape Coruscant and go live among the stars. I don't know. Um, That's probably terrifying for him. You know, he still wants her to come back. He still loves her. And he probably, I would assume up till that point knew she was still on Coruscant and now she's gone and could potentially be anywhere. No, that's right. I didn't think about his emotional state at that point. Um, yeah, Yeah, it probably is a little overwhelming for him. Lost his Padawan, his uh, younger sister. Well, we're 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 creeping up on what is going to be a very difficult time for Anakin Skywalker. For and sure, I, I think all these little these little pokes in his armor that we've gotten, you know, during the Bad Batch arc, and then this with Ahsoka leaving, I think it's all informing his fall to the dark side. Agreed. Well said. Well said. And uh, we'll see what what comes. What, what comes into play the next few episodes here. We'll see where this goes. Um, you know, but here they are. So they've, they've exited the atmosphere of Coruscant on the silver angel and they're all in the cockpit, very reminiscent of the millennium Falcon. I mean, it's almost to a T uh, set up exactly the same way. Um, and they, you know, Oh, what's the mission? What's the mission? They're, they're kind of talking to each other. Soka wants to know. And then the most annoying thing in the world happens is that in a cockpit of four people, Rafa whispers to Trace, Ahsoka's like right there, what the mission is. Like, dude, just say it out loud, man. Like, or use your Jedi abilities to just hone in on that little, and like, what are you doing? It was very childish. And I just, these childish moments in these episodes are just driving me crazy, guys. I'm trying to, I'm trying my best to get through them for the greater good of the story. But like the whispering part just bothered me so much. Um, but it turns out the mission was actually pretty cool. So the payoff. I think fine. that was the point, though. She was trying to be a shit hawk and be like, "Oh, let's not tell Ahsoka." Like that was that was the whole thing. Oh yeah, totally. That's what I'm saying. Childish, childish. I th- I think she also knew that Ahsoka was skeptical of the whole thing, and as soon as she says we're going to Kessel. Ahsoka's going to blow the whole thing up and be like, no, we're not going to Kessel. Exactly. Nothing good happens on Kessel. Right. Yeah, but yep. she's already in the ship. She's already a captive prisoner on this ship. What are they going to do? She's going to jump out in space because she doesn't like, you know, so she's already part of the crew. Well, she could you explain, know what I'm saying? Like, she could explain to Trace why this is a bad idea because Trace is young and naive and easily manipulated by her bigger sister who she trusts. And Ahsoka well, that's could what I, That's what I mean. She trusts her, her sister. She would go with, in my opinion, she would go with her sister, regardless of what Ahsoka would say. I mean, this is her first, her first space mission. She literally says, I've never been to hyperspace before. What? What? You're going to get in a ship with that? Um, That's terrifying. Um, You ever been in a car with somebody that's never driven on a highway before? Let's take a galactic star star cruiser (laughs) into hyperspace with a, with a less traffic. There's less traffic in hyperspace. Way less traffic there. Um, 
But so she, so they're in hyperspace, whatever. Do they find out that they are at Kessel or the, did, did they explain while they're in hyperspace, they were going to Kessel or just when they came out of hyperspace, we saw that, uh, that little tunnel with the, with the guiding beacons. Was that how the, the dead giveaway was? Trying when to remember. It, I think that when was they it. come out of hyperspace, they see the beacons and Ahsoka yeah, says, Kessel, you're taking us to Kessel. She is not happy. She immediately no, knew where they knew. were, but not before that. No, and that's uh, it. Was actually really cool to see that shot. This is now we're getting into my favorite part of the the episode here. This is where the episode basically starts for me. Is we get in a castle, and it's almost shot for shot how you see it in the solo film where they embark on that that channel through that nebula or whatever they're they're flying through. Um, but I just got so excited. It was such a great surprise. I did not expect Kessel to pop up in episode six, season seven of the Clone Wars. I was like, damn, dude, they could have literally gone anywhere. They went to Kessel. I love it. It was a very, very fun surprise. So uh, here's my here's my moment to come back and say that in the EU, uh, Kessel was a barren, thin atmosphere, prison rock. Um, and it was... It, there was a Excellent. lot of st- no it's it's like shaped like an asteroid it's like not even a, a pl- like not even te- it's technically a planet but it doesn't look like it should be um so they i think they it's not like yeah spherical. i think they pretty much completely rewritten castle besides having the spice mines on it um from the eu since solo um, but it is really cool to have because Kessel's like a super old reference. You have C3PO talking about sending us to the Spice Mines right, of Kessel, you have right. a Kessel run. So it's cool that it keeps showing up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's mm-hmm. it's a very um Star Warsy thing, and I am happy that they brought it back in this in this season. I, I was I thought it was interesting to see that they landed on this kind of lush green right. capital city. Right. Yeah. The, I think the only time I think of actual visually seeing Kessel is in the solo movie. Um, and it's the mines, it's dirty, it's yeah. dusty, it's rocky. Mm-hmm. It's um, this is a whole different thing. Uh, it was interesting to see. I, I like those details and it's interesting to see that they've got this going on there too. Two so completely my- different halves of the planet. Basically yeah, it gives a whole yeah, new exactly. level. There's yeah. the slavery, but then you've also got, whatever the people living in luxury on the other side yeah. of the planet, it's all the John Williams, one percenters over there on the green yeah. side. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, my whole thing is this, when it, when, when they flew into the atmosphere and it was the green thing, I, my first, my brain went to wait, did, was there green on Kessel in the solo movie? I was like trying to remember what the planet looked like as they approached. And I was a little confused, but then it all made sense once they left the palace and then flew into the bad zone. Mm-hmm. And um, that definitely made a lot of sense to me. Um, Kessel, Josh is showing like us a potato. potato. Like, <laughs> Kessel, Kessel potato. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, all right. So they fly into Kessel and they go in this lush green atmosphere. Or this atmosphere is very clean air. It's not the dirty orange brown air that we that we know from the Kessel mines. And they fly into a um, almost like an elevated platform, a docking bay, so to speak, with a bunch of royal guards. And there is a Twi'lek major domo. I don't have his name. I, I know one of you probably is it Fife? Is Fife Dog from uh, Tribe Called Quest? No. Um, so we got Fife that meets our. Hang on. Was that like, no? That was wait, hang wasn't on, that Kinnish Lock? No, it's Kinnish Lock. Yeah, it's Kinnish Lock. Is it Kinnish Lock? Okay, okay. So He's the, the major domo 
Kinnishlock meets our our three companions, the Spice Girls. I want that Kessel Spice. Oh, Lord. I, I was, I, yeah, I kind of messed that up. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, they meet the Spice Girls, uh, the Major Domo, uh, Hot Dogs, or whatever his name is, and he comes out there, and he's just, hey, let's go have a banquet, right? Like, Rafa is playing it cool, cool criminal, confident, smart, not giving anything away, and Trace is just ultra annoying um, for the next couple minutes here. And Ahsoka just goes along with the journey, and we we find out that their mission is to transport unrefined spice, which, as we all know, as Star Wars fans, um, has potentially negative connotations. Um, I did not realize that spice can also be used for medicine. So shame on me for not knowing that until this episode. So can cocaine and heroin here in the real world. Um, this is true. Opiates. Did we yeah. did we know that Twi'leks were? Um, I don't know, servants of the ruling class on Kessel. I've never associated Twi'leks with Kessel other than being slaves. Um, does mm. anybody have any information on that? No. Well, Boba, Boba's, or Boba. Bib, Bib Fortuna? Got me. Yeah, Bib Fortuna is kind of a major domo for um, Jabba. That was, that was he's not a. I don't think he's yeah. a hut, right? He's, no. He's not a hut. So they can be, I guess they must kind of indentured servants maybe or possibly I, maybe they are employed. started from the know. bottom now that they're, they're here <laughs> oh <my laughs> <God>. like <laughs> work your way up to major domo oh, i can't even oh <clears throat> uh why is ahsoka such is a, a minor dark in this uh scene she's like oh spice ahsoka? that can be used for drugs Ooh, <laughs> stop it what are you doing? it was a weird dinner party it was she's a really sheltered. weird dinner party. she's lived in the jedi temple she's not been she's like the the kid who is never allowed out of the house on the weekends but then goes away to college and she's like what is going on you people are crazies right, right. she doesn't know right. how the other half lives you know what's weird thinking about so so you all everyone listening right now, Josh threw up a photo of the original Kessel, which looked like a potato. But if you go back to this dinner party at on Kessel in the pal in the palace, they are eating basically the planet Kessel on their plates. Take a look at the plates uh, on that dinner scene. It looks very oddly similar to the the, the reference photo of Kessel. Um, they're, it's like a, I was the, looking at the food. I'm like, what are they eating? The They're, major domo is eating some like leg of a beast. Yeah, but Do look you, at what uh, Trace and Rafa have on their plates. It looks like the planet Kessel. It's Do weird. You- do you think they use spice as a spice? Like, is there like a salt shaker of <laughs> like spice zesty, on the table? Like, it's like a zesty seasoning. Spice, yeah. Right, yeah. right. It works that way. <laughs> so Would you sprinkle a little this... penicillin on your pizza? I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah, it actually, yeah, it increases the flavor. Um, here's the thing. This was a very uh, hard scene to get through with dialogue, too, because Trace kept jumping up to let the Major Domo know that she's got the fastest ship in the galaxy. And it was just like... Once again, we keep going back to, yeah, she's a kid. She's a kid. So it makes sense because Mm -hmm. if she was in her 20s doing that stuff, there are some problems Um, because it was just like rude interruptions. It was very out of place, unnecessary. Just let your older sister handle the criminal business, man. Just sit there and eat your Kessel potato. Just stop talking. You can tell she's never been involved in one of these kind of schemes either where you just kind of sit back and play it cool. She doesn't know how to act and clearly nobody (laughs) told her. 
Right, right. So, so they leave the dinner party because, like, they didn't even finish their plates. This was just a weird thing. Like, they didn't even need the dinner party uh, because they just got up for, like halfway through it, and they're like, "Yeah, let's go check out the spice. Let's go make this happen now." Uh, and then our our Spice Girls, of course, fly over to the mines, and that led us to a really interesting part because it they, you kind of go from this lush green tropical area into now this hazy orange desolate wasteland where you can definitely tell that there's there's some major problems on that side of the planet, and when they pull into what we know is the spice mines where you have this massive pit here. Um, they start looking down in the mines and make some observations. What do you got, Kyle? I was going to say right before they take off from the palace, there was what I thought was kind of an interesting exchange because Rafa does think she has it all figured out. And, mm. and mm-hmm. Ahsoka's telling her running spice is dangerous. Spice runners get attacked all the time. And Rafa says, well, they just go after the big transports and we're a small ship. They'll never notice us. And Ahsoka says, well, we're taking off from Kessel. It's not going to be hard for people to figure out what we're doing. And you can tell that while Rafa is maybe she might be a player on 1313 and Coruscant and able to hold her own there. She is not as capable or prepared in the larger galaxy. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was actually a bit of of foreshadowing, and I'm actually happy it didn't come true, because I thought that was, I mean, if there was blatant foreshadowing to be told, it was that line, like, yo, ships get attacked coming out of Kessel all the time, and I'm so happy it didn't come true, because I like things like that. I like little surprises. Well, and she's, during that conversation, she... You, Rafa has very lofty dreams of things working out the way that she pictures them, I think. But she says during that conversation, there's a first time for everything. And I think that's what Ahsoka saying. She's like, this is not what you want to be like your first time doing this. This is very, very dangerous and you're in over your head. And, and she just doesn't get it. And I get it from, I understand a little bit more from Trace, which is why I kind of assumed she was younger than what she is because I would have figured for somebody living on 1313, um, on Coruscant, she would have been more uh, knowledgeable in the ways of how these kind of things work, right. right? But her sister knows and kind of understands not enough to be a bigwig with anything, but her sister understands how they work. She's just never done them. And her younger right. sister, Trace, is completely... She's completely naive. Uh, completely, ignorant. yes, completely ignorant to all of this, and that's why when when I first watched it, I was like, "Dude, she's like, she, God, she's she's ridiculous." Like, if she's in her twenties or thirties, she literally knows nothing. <laughs> so after I rewatched it the second time, I'm like, "Wait a minute, she. Yeah. This is why I think she's yeah. a lot younger than what we think she is." So, um, but yeah, she said there's a first time for everything, and I just that is not the way you want to try to no. figure things out. No, not at all. So they, uh, so then they fly into the pits, they're looking down and they make a comment of, look at all those droids, but let me play the audio for this because this was big. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Be local workers. I think the term is slaves. Can't be an operation this large. The Republic wouldn't stand for it. They'd shut the place down. Yeah. You'd think they would. Damn. So they think they're droids, but as we all know, they're slaves on Castle. There are some droids on yeah. 
on Kessel, including my my little gonk friend who uh, Stompy McStomps in the solo a Star Wars story after L three liberates the droids. One of my favorite scenes in any Star Wars movie is the little gonk droid that's just pounding up on the uh, desk. Go back and watch that. That's a really fun scene um, during the droid rebellion. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, it's so good. Uh, I love that scene. I love Solo. That movie is fantastic. It's so much fun. I might watch it today. <laughs> Anyways, um, but that's it's actually. You know, it's really telling that Ahsoka is now, you know, she's she lost faith in the Jedi Order. Now she's, you know, yeah, you're right. The Republic should be doing something about, you know. So she's, uh, you can tell that was an emotional response. Not necessarily wanting them to hear it. It was more of a personal monologue. But uh, it's giving you some insight as to where Ahsoka's mind is now. It also just reiterates the blind spots that the Republic has. I mean, you think about Padme not knowing, not realizing, like, why would Tatooine have slaves? I thought the Republic banned them there, you know. And um, But I also, I was thinking, like, so you have Palpatine rising to greater and greater power. And once he's in absolute power, he has a pro-slavery policy. Like he's all, he's totally cool with slavery. They yeah. use it themselves. Um, so I wonder if like the the blind spot is actually that it's Palpatine that doesn't want to do anything about slavery, even if people are bringing it up because he because he doesn't For have sure. any. You know, he's he's a humans first kind of guy, so he doesn't really care about you know aliens or <laughs> people's personal yeah. liberty. Yeah, I I thought it was two things it it was again illustrating trace's naivete she says look at all those droids the king's spice sales must buy thousands of them she, that's like, right that's didn't right. even comprehend and ahsoka's like those are people those are called slaves <laughs> um and, and if i was more prepared i've said this a couple times today already i'm not that prepared if i was more prepared i'd have like actual citations for this but ahsoka yeah. has realized and become slightly dis- disillusioned with the jedi order over time and she's realized more than once throughout the series that this is something the jedi should have done and they're not doing anything about it or this is something the republic should take a stance on and they don't take a stance right. on and i like josh's point that that probably is something that Palpatine would intentionally turn a blind eye to and try not to bring to the forefront, but the Jedi way more so than being generals and warlords um, are supposed to be humanitarians and freeing slaves. And this is something that Qui-Gon Jinn toiled with too. Um, freeing slaves should be one of their top priorities. Cause what, what greater humanitarian effort is there than, giving people their freedom, you know, and and they didn't, that's just not what the Jedi order was doing at this time. Well, and I think it's very hard for Ahsoka to see because there was, uh, I don't remember which episode it was of clone wars. Her people were enslaved, um, at one point. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can't, I can't remember the episode, but her people were enslaved at one point. And I don't think it's the one where she posed as the slave girl and Anakin was was flirting with the slave owner and yes, he's, he's good with the ladies. And that's how they essentially had to free him. But I don't think the original intent of, or their original mission of that episode was to free her people. I think it was for something else. And then they kind of ended up freeing her people as like a byproduct because Anakin knew it was wrong. Ahsoka knew it was wrong and they went rogue to Mm -hmm. basically free the people. It wasn't like that was their intended mission. So um, it's, it's gotta be hard for her. I think in any 
anytime she sees that situation, knowing it happened to her own people. And she's like, I can't believe this person doesn't realize those are people and slaves and not droids. So, yeah. yeah. So we see the slaves and ultimately, you know, their, their mission is not to free the slaves. Their, their mission is to get this spice. So they end up getting the spice. They have these, uh, very, very bulky droids loading the silver angel full of, uh, illicit unrefined spice. And, you know, they sign off on the bill late, late, lading, and, uh, they're ready to go. They hit the stars again. And then comes probably the dumbest, uh, the dumbest moment I have seen in a Star Wars film ever. Now, to be fair, Han Solo also dumped some spice. Um, and Han Solo is my favorite character. So um, so that's what I'm saying. Trace is probably going to end up being my favorite Star Wars character of all time after these episodes. Uh, just like Luke Skywalker, Trace has the all the... No, all right. We hope you're enjoying the Clone Wars recap show on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on Season 7 of The Clone Wars. Don't forget, leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends. So anyways, we get we get into hyperspace. They don't get attacked leaving Kessel. And they start talking about where the spice is going. Because, you know, Rafa just keeps everyone in the shadows and, you know, doesn't want to give everyone the plan because that's that works out so well. And then she's like, yeah, man, it's going to go to uh, what? Obadiah, um, Obadiah, where the yep. Obadiah, where the Pike Syndicate is it at at this time? Is it the Pike Syndicate? Is that what we is that what it is known as? Or does that come later? I think they're the Does Pike Syndicate. I think now. it's the Pike Syndicate. Okay, yeah. Because so as say. soon as as soon as she said Mark Krim, Ahsoka was like, are you, "Are you crazy? You can't deliver it to Mark Krim. That's yeah. the Pike Syndicate." She calls him a crime boss, the Pike crime boss. But they're yeah. the yeah. Syndicate, and then they get involved in in um the Shadow Collective later on. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. And then Trace is so naive. She goes, "What is is he like Pinto beans back? No, man. Like that dude's got a, a hydro spanner. He shakes people down with, with his legends of the hidden temple, mummy, mummy guards, you know, like that dude's <laughs> a wimp. Pinto beans ain't nothing like these pikes are next level stuff. So that got across pretty well when Ahsoka starts talking about how they take everything, including your ship, which I mean, immediately puts Trace into like a downward spiral and you you watch this person unravel live on screen where she just kind of sits in the chair, starts mumbling to herself that no one's taking her ship. And as Ahsoka and Rafa are starting to figure out how to basically come out of this now that the, the plot details have been revealed, Trace decides on her own accord to dump the spice mid hyperspace. And I rem- I just remember my initial reaction was exactly the same as Ahsoka and Rafa. And I'm just like, dude, <laughs> why? Of all the things you could have done, you literally dumped the spice within like 20 seconds of dialogue. It took you 20 seconds to make the decision. You jumped, you did your first intergalactic travel to a very distant uh, exotic planet. You pick up all this cargo. You're on a mission for your sister. You're going to get all these credits. You are, you then find the final mission details and you make a decision based off 20 seconds of dialogue to dump this, this spice. So I just got worked up. Um, So I will say that the, the visual of the spice getting dumped into hyperspace was pretty tight. 
That was pretty cool. Um, it's exactly how I pictured it happening with the Millennium Falcon. And when Han Solo dumps his spice, uh, legendary tale of Han Solo dumping the spice to make Jabba the Hutt angry. But now they got to figure out a way to make this all work. They're still in transit to Obadiah. They still need to own up to the Pikes. And they still need the credit. So uh, Ahsoka and Trace and Rafa, the Spice Girls, work out a plan to, I don't know, I guess, fool the Pikes. I guess that was their whole intention, was yeah. just to fool They're going to hoodwink them. They're going to hand them an empty box that... And um, Ahsoka, hope they is, don't check it. Hope they don't check it, or or give them a Which little. Of course, I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't they fucking a I little mean, mental oops, influence oops. with her Jedi powers, man? It's been done. I already said. I already said it in this episode, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't they check the shipment right away? You're, I mean, you're paying how many credits for this? Like, I don't know. It's, I get it. I get it for the for the for the greater good of the story. No, I get it. I don't but think. I, I don't think she ever expected that they wouldn't check it. I think she okay. expected she'd be able to Jedi mind trick him out of checking. It. So my question is this. Thank you. My question is this. Did Ahsoka tell them ahead of time that I am going to use some form of mental trickery? Hell no. To- she said, these guys no. are dumbasses. They won't check. We'll just tell them not to check. <laughs> they won't check guys. I promise they won't check. And that's why she's like, this sounds like a bad plan. She's like, well, do you have a plan? Like, well, we're doing my plan. This is Ahsoka finally taking a little bit of charge where even though these guys are like, uh, I don't get it. That doesn't make sense. She's finally putting her foot down because our backs are against the wall. She's like, this is my plan and we're going to do it. And it's going to work. Then, then Rafa is just so incredibly stupid, confident because the whole time I'm like, okay, Rafa knows the Jedi mind tricks coming. Wait, I mean, that is just very high level incompetence to think that that was just going to go smoothly. And because, well, she thought she did no fear. She didn't even understand the danger of this job in the first place. Uh, That's true. That's true. But now, so they dump the spice, they meet up with the Pike Syndicate, they fool the the Pike Syndicate. Ahsoka uses the Jedi mind trick on them to give them the credits, and then they slowly escape the platform off Obadiah as they discover that the crates are empty. Okay. And then the then the episode ends right away, right? They get caught in a tractor I, beam. Well, they get caught, yeah, tractor well, beam, and then the, surrounded by the ships. So she, okay, yeah, 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 she yeah. does the Jedi mind trick, and it works, <laughs> and they're walking off, and his, like, lieutenant right next to him is like, what are you, what are you doing? This yeah. is a drug <laughs> deal. Like, you look you at saying? the drugs when you do a drug deal. That's like drug deal 101. We're, we're criminals. We can't be trusted. So this they check it protocol. and they're like, you know, get them, engage the tractor beam or whatever he says. I don't right. know. But uh, yeah, they weren't having it. So is this where we're going to, well, is there anything you guys want to add to this? Because I was about to dive into our next segment. Is there anything you want to add to this episode? Anything that we haven't covered? Um, where are we at? So, um, two things that I noticed in my notes that I didn't, I didn't bring up the, at the appropriate time. Um, so sorry guys. It's all good. Wow. You're really uh, ruining the Anakin flow here. being on that venerator class, <laughs> Anakin being on that venerator class kind of sets him up to be on Coruscant where he's supposed to be when the next movie starts. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so that's, and we're getting closer to that. So that's a nice bit of foreshadowing. And then was anyone else weirded out by the fact that this ship never lands? No, it never it only did, hovered. did it? Like, it went I, to two places, and it hovered. 
and yeah. then they left it there, hovering. Wait, so it didn't like, land on Kessel? It doesn't. Or in the space it doesn't land. No, no. It, it hovers right b- beyond the platform, and then their ramp goes down, and then it no, just the, sits there. You know, Chris the, first is right, the first one I get, the first one I get, the ramp was too narrow. There was no way that ship was going to fit on there when they met the the major domo. There was no way it was going to fit on there. So I get that one. Um, but then they loaded the spice down below, didn't they? Yeah, they, I think they, 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 the they went over and they landed and loaded it on the ground, right? Yeah. 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 So it did land. It landed at one when point. When they were at the actual mines, but it did not land yeah. at either yeah. one of the platforms. Yeah. No. No, but I mean, either way, why doesn't it land at the platforms? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like uh, that you would leave no like the repulsors running while you go do well, things. Thank goodness like, really, they found you gotta keep the car run. running. You gotta yeah. keep the car running for exactly. your getaway. Exactly. I'm I'm so happy Trace found that sparker in the last episode because otherwise those repulsors would not be working as good. So good for her. Um anything I, else that we missed on this episode? This, I I liked this episode a lot better than last week's. Agree. Um I think the dialogue was better. How things were said was still a little weird, like the inflection of their voice or like intonation was a little odd for yeah. me at times. Um but I liked the episode a lot better and it felt more like what we had through the first four where at the end of each episode, it was like a big cliffhanger, right? Where, you know, the first four episodes from um, the echo uh, arc uh, left you with a cliffhanger that each episode you knew was going to build off of it. Here was the first one. Like last week's, I didn't feel like anything was going to build off of it. Then we kind of restarted for this episode and it left you with a cliffhanger. So it seems like there's the next two will be tied into whatever that cliffhanger is. Well, it's interesting you made mention of the inflection because that was one of the things that I, I listen. I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, I don't really like these episodes. But you're right. The voice acting has so much to do with it. This is an animated show, and as we know, we just got the Bad Batch arc with world class voice actor D. Bradley Baker carrying that entire four episodes, master class in voice acting. Then you have Ashley Eckstein, who is also a master class mm-hmm. in voice acting, has years of experience playing Ahsoka. Uh, Matt Lanner, who is just world class as well, but you bring in these two new actors who I don't know what their background is in voice acting, but you can definitely tell it. It is there are some moments that I'm like, Ugh. it just does not come across well in the animated form. Could it come across well in live action? Probably, but in the animated form, I'm finding that some of this dialogue that I probably wouldn't think being too cringeworthy is coming across that way. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes from here. I, I love Ahsoka, probably not as much as Kyle, but I love Ahsoka and I'm I'm actually glad to see her back and in this arc. But it's also hard too when Sam Witwer drops uh, an interview basically saying the last four episodes of this season are going to blow your mind and they're going to be utterly amazing. That is true. And it's like that a movie. And now you're just thinking about the last four and not focusing on what you're getting on a week to week basis yeah. and what you're seeing. So for me, that's kind of hard because I'm like, oh, I want to see these last four episodes yeah. really bad. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, let's go ahead and talk about that on our next segment. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. (coughs) Oh, really? You're cold? So you brought up the Sam Witwer interview, Mm -hmm. which which was fascinating to read. And yeah, he talks about those last four episodes just being raved about it. Yeah. Just being unreal. And this is a guy that's been involved with star Wars animation for a very long time, going back to the force unleashed video games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, I don't have any predictions for that, for this segment. I just, 
his listen, Sam Witwer is not a guy that's going to go out and showboat and, and just kind of try to get clicks on his social media. The dude just says it how it is. Always has. He's always not been a kind man. of a straight shooter. And, um, to my liking, I mean, he's very intense. He's a very intense individual, so he's not going to just shoot off a lot of fluff. Definitely hyped up the last four episodes, and you're right, Justin. It is... I can't wait for them. I do want to try to focus on what we have here with this Ahsoka Coruscant arc. Um, or, sh- I mean, should we call it the Spice Girls? I'm going to start calling it the Spice Girls arc. That's where I'm at. I'd right be now. mad if you didn't, uh, Chris. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what this is. So with the Spice Girls arc, um, I'm trying to live in the moment. I am, but I cannot wait for the Siege of Mandalore. I, I'm so ready for it yeah. because I'm, I don't want to say that I'm over this kind of like like slow it's not necessarily slow plotting pace i don't think that we would have complained about these episodes had they been in season three or season four or something but now because we only are given a finite amount of clone wars episodes i really wanted some heavy hitting really well executed content and although the animation we can all agree on the the sound is fantastic i'm really just I'm not into the Spice Girls arc, and I am kind of leaning towards being ready for the Siege of Mandalore. Um, and if, yeah, whatever. I mean, people can yell at me for that. You can at me at no one is Chris, but I uh, I definitely am ready for that siege, and not necessarily because of Sam Witwer. It's just that these last two episodes have just left me kind of ho hum, I guess, so to speak. Um, still. I'm going to watch them guys. We're going to talk about them for hours. You know, it's not like I hate them that much. I don't hate them at all. I just, they're not my, uh, not what I expected out of the last few episodes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I got nowhere else to go. I don't know where this Rafa, you know, they're going to get involved in some funny business with the Pikes. I hope that may, I hope that they can wrap up the arc in the next episode so I can get that bounty hunters one off episode. We're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. This is going to last two more episodes. So I'm just going to buckle up, baby, and take it. Uh, where, where are your guys' heads at? I, I'm with you. I'm ready for Mandalore. I've been saying that since the beginning. But I think I think the problem, uh, just to piggyback off what you're saying, is I think that the problem is, at least for some of us, uh, like my expectations when we heard one arc is going to be Ahsoka in thirteen thirteen in the Underworld, we thought she's going to have like some interactions with some heavy hitters some right. cuz like the the criminal underworld piece of star wars has a lot of like established like intense characters for sure. and so for her to just have this kind of like a little bit more childish arc with yeah. unknown characters um you know didn't isn't really hitting the spot on what what i expected and what seems like what you expected from this arc right um yeah so that's that's my thought yeah, I was expecting to see Ahsoka cruising around the lower levels of Coruscant, and I think that could have been really interesting. We saw that a little bit when she teamed up with Ventress, which was right. a super cool episode. Um, I think she could have done some more stuff like that, and that that's what I expected, too. Uh, I'm a little more sympathetic towards this arc than I think you guys are. It, I don't know why they felt like they had to go off-world, and they're interacting with the Pikes and that kind of stuff, but maybe there will be a reason for it. We do know that yeah. the Pike syndicate mm-hmm. is intertwined with Darth Maul and that's where this is heading. And maybe this arc is going to lead mm. into that in some okay. way. Um, we know Ahsoka is in a bind right now and she needs some help. And 
she is at some point going to turn up on a hologram and be talking to um, Anakin and Obi-Wan. And we've only got about two episodes to get from here to there. So um, I'm interested to see if they can make a reason for it, then I don't think we know yet. I don't think we're in a position right now to say there's no reason to go talk to the Pikes or go off world. You could have stayed on the underworld. That's what I expected too. But um, I imagine they probably have a reason and it's going to all pull together. And I'm interested to see what that reason is. I think what changed for me from the first episode of this arc to this one is looking at trace from a different perspective as a younger individual, like okay. as a teenager for me, like, cause after I rewatched it the second time, I, I, I was like, wait a minute, this seems really odd. And some of her mannerisms, when I rewatched it and went kind of back to that and went, okay, let's put her in a younger age group. It changed my perspective of the first two episodes of who she was and who Rafa was. And now I understand it a little bit more why Ahsoka's like, hey, I kind of have to protect this kid. Otherwise, she's going to get in trouble and something bad is going to happen to her. Right. So for me, that changed my perspective of the two episodes. There's still a lot to go with these. And we could end up, I would assume, Rafa and Trace safely get back to Coruscant somehow. Or they go off on their ship and live their dream and, you know, do something else. But um, it, it to Kyle's point, it'll be interesting to see how Ahsoka ends up on Mandalore. Cause like, I don't think she's taken Rafa and trace with her oh, over you there. Never so you never she's got to, I, I would assume she goes separate ways with them at the end of this, but it'll be interesting to see how she ends up over there. She's to almost got to go back to Coruscant, I would think, but how right. does she get from the pikes to there? Right. Or how does hmm. Bo get a hold of her to say, Hey, Mandalore needs help or what have you. I don't this know. is going to be nuts, man. I'm ready for this. You're yeah. you're hyping me up right now, thinking about this. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 sorry to keep interrupting, but Bo sent um sent Obi Wan back. That's the whole go That's tell the right. Republic That's what's right. happening here, and yep. he said that'll That's lead to right. a Republic invasion. And she says, "I know, but Mandalore will survive. Mandalore always survives." So mm-hmm. they uh they know. Um, I previously I was I was concerned when I still am concerned that this like so now they're in peril and I wonder are we going to get some sort of like bombad Jedi kind of like bumbling their way out of getting away from the pikes when it doesn't actually make sense that they should be able to get away Um, Hmm. but now thinking about how will it connect to Mandalore and maybe Maul and the crime syndicates like maybe there's some connection there that I'm not seeing or that that this will ultimately end up leading us there in a way that makes sense but I I am still really worried that we're going to get one of those Jar Jar beats a battalion of droids by falling down in the right way kind of escapes I mean could could the spice be going to mall in some form and the pikes are like, yo, they, these, these spice girls ruin the shipment. Here's their photos or here's who they are. And then mall recognizes Ahsoka uh, mm. in some form. I mean, that could be where I think it be. leads if they're captured by the pikes, the pikes are like, yo, we don't know who these fools are. They ruined your spice shipment. This was going to, you know, to you guys. Mm. And uh, you know, mall's like, Oh no. Oh no! What is this? A Jedi plot? I don't know. Like it's possible, it's gonna go, but, but yeah. if you remember at the beginning, it was like a trial run because it was their first time, so they didn't That's have true. like a full shipment of spice. They only had 
whatever a, a small amount i can't remember what they a liter yeah a liter whatever, of cola, uh, yeah. which seems like a lot of drugs but a lot um, of drugs <laughs> but they they had a relatively small shipment so i wouldn't think that mall would definitely would necessarily be getting involved in that but also the pikes whenever we see them they're not like the most formidable opponents like they're Never. they're involved Never. in the criminal underworld and they are a crime syndicate and they run drugs but they never really killed anybody. Nobody's ever really had a hard time pushing them around. It, I I think Ahsoka can find her way out of this predicament in a believable way. I don't um I don't think she's gonna get help from the Republic or the Jedi, but I think no, she'll find, find her way out. It's because they have those big polygonal uh bobbleheads. That's why they can't <laughs> do anything like really weird character shaped. design. No, no, and they no. get the tiniest little guns. You ever see the little pike guns? They're like little Noisy, water pistols. Yeah, noisy what is cricket. Up with that? <laughs> noisy cricket. Yes, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. All right. Um, any other predictions for the rest of the season, or we just want to let the uh, chips fall where they may? Yeah, see what happens. I I, I'm excited because Sam Witwer, I think, does some of the greatest voice acting in the history of voice oh, acting. Yeah. Oh, Darth yeah. Maul, animated Darth Maul, and Ahsoka. Two of my favorite Star Wars things, so I cannot wait to get there. Hell yeah. Well said. All right. Well, as we always do, let's blow this thing and get out of here. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. You got a really good feeling about this. And that was your Clone Wars recap of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire featuring the Spice Girls. And uh, it's in the books. It's in the books. So this is what? Episode 28 for the Star Wars friends. We're almost... We're almost 30. We're almost old. Uh, <laughs> so that's crazy. Episode 28. That feels good. This feels very good. So... Um, We'll see where Rafa and Trace take us on our, on our next adventure next week. But until then, uh, we're going to keep active on the social media. We're going to keep this line of communication open to everybody at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Email the show, show at StarWarsFriends.com. We just want to keep that open line to anybody that might be affected by uh, what's going on in the world right now. So keep uh, keep us in your, you know, we're keeping you, whoever, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're suffering from this, trust, understand that you have our sympathies. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So, um, you know, we have a we have an open channel of communication here, and hit us up. You, you know, we are very public, and we want to make sure that we're doing our part for the community, whether it's a Star Wars community or not. We're, uh, we, you know, we feel terrible about what's going on, and uh, just want to do what we can to help you guys out. I just want to say, if you're a collector, don't be crazy. Don't be running out to Target and Walmart and trying to find stuff. If you right. don't have to go out, don't go out. Right. Don't be crazy. It's not worth it. Try to find it online if it's cheap enough, but but don't be silly and, and rush out there like, ooh, well, nobody else is out shopping. I guess I'll go look yeah. for figures. Don't be that well, guy. It, not or, only or that, the priority of these stores is to not stock toys right now. They're trying to stock the essentials. Yeah. They're trying to stock uh, items out there that can keep people fed and clean yeah. and all that. So, yeah, good point, Justin. Um, take not care of each it. other. 
Yeah, take care of each other. If you guys want to look up, if you need some recommendations for places to buy toys or collectibles, hit us up. We can definitely help you out with that. I actually just pre-ordered the, um, what was that? The, the Stormtrooper Commander from GameStop, the uh, the Black yep. Series pre-order. Awesome. I also pre-ordered the Commander Bly Clone Trooper, so that'll be hopefully coming sometime this year. And you'll, um, fi- you'll find a lot of these toy stores um, that you buy figures from are starting to do Facebook live sales. Order 66 oh, really? has been doing them for a long time, but there's other toy stores that are starting to do those as well. So basically they take them and they'll package it and ship it to you. And just when you get your package, yeah. make sure you clean the box. Um, you know, you can, you can keep yourself relatively safe doing it that way. So um, if that's, if that's, if you really got to get your toy fix on, that's the yeah. way to do it. Get a Lego set if you're able. Yeah. I know they're wildly expensive, but if if you are live at <laughs> home with somebody, yeah. yeah, give you a really cool Lego set. This is the time to do it. I'm actually staring at my 20th anniversary Slave One that my friend Greg gave me during the Rise of Skywalker premiere, and I still have not even opened it up yet. So I, <laughs> I am I need to get on that. Um, that. That Lego Death Star will take you all a while. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Someone was selling a Lego Death Star on eBay for four hundred dollars, and that is actually a really good price for that thing. I've seen yeah. it over a thousand. Um, so good point, Justin. Everyone, we're thinking about you. We want you to be safe and healthy and all your friends and family the same uh we want to invite you to join us on our live chat this upcoming saturday april 4th i think it's the fourth i hope i didn't uh, screw that up but it's going to be this upcoming saturday so keep a lookout on our social media channels for that uh, that information but it will be on the star wars friends podcast youtube channel it's going to be a blast we're going to give out more prizes i'm going to ask some crazy questions and we want to hear from you we want to we want to answer your questions because that was a lot of fun on the last yeah. live chat so that was cool Beyond that, I'm probably going to go watch Solo, a Star Wars story, right now after this. I'm going to get the show up and then uh, kick back and, and kind of relax the rest of the day. Hope you guys do the same. If uh, if you are interested in reaching out to me personally, you can hit me up at No One Is Chris. Where can they find the rest of you guys? Uh, this is Josh, and I am Battle of Tanab on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Justin. You can find me at I am the Bendu on Twitter. This is Kyle, and I am KB underscore legend on Twitter and Instagram. Beautiful. Don't forget about the hashtag hello there challenge. Hit us with your Obi-Wan Kenobis. And uh, we want to give a thanks to Luminous Beans. You can hit up luminousbeans.com or at Luminous L. They are our maker of the week and we want to support them. Go out and buy some beautiful uh, General Grievous buttons. Anyone else want to shout out? Oh, it's such such a cool button. Uh, Or such a cool pin. Sorry, pin. Uh, Anything else you guys want to shout out before we get out of here? That's uh, Luminous Beings LTD on Instagram. Oh, well, then it's Luminous Beings L on Twitter. Okay. I wanted to make sure we weren't giving people the wrong info. Good call, Josh. (laughs) Any shout outs? I also want to give Kyle a shout out because he made a Ninja Turtles reference earlier and I didn't get a chance to say something. He said when he said... (laughs) Do you like penicillin on your pizza? Thank you. I thought that went right <laughs> over everybody's head. No, I caught it. it I just I didn't have a good I just watch that I, the other this, day. I spent this whole episode like interjecting at the wrong time, so I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, I got. Thank it. You. Yeah, it went way over my head. Way over my head. All right, y'all. So it's been a, it's been a pleasure. And until next time, may the force be with you. Always. Always. Later, y'all. Hey friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. 
Connect with the Star Wars friends on social media at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.